Auburn's Weagle 91.1 FM presents The Scoreboard with your co-hosts Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcome at 334-844-9345. Follow them on Twitter at Jacob Hellman AU and at Bay underscore Marks. Now let's take a look at The Scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. For the last time, it is time to turn on The Scoreboard. Bay Marks, as always, sitting alongside co-host Jacob Hillman. All the feels in the studio today, uh, it's going to be a tough one. To say the least. To say the least. But hey, it's been a journey. Don't cry because it's over. Smile, Smile because, because it happened. Well, we might have some tears in the studio. We'll, we'll see. As manly as I like to claim myself being. But <laughs> the last ever episode of The Scoreboard today on Weagle 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming live on our website, WeagleFM.com, we welcome you. Uh, got some special shout-outs real quick. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for listening. My dad is... Uh, calling uh, the SAA Baseball Conference Tournament today. Um, he's going to try to listen to the recording. My mom texted me pre-show, said good luck on the show today. So thank you, Mom. I appreciate that. Got little brother Riley Marks in the studio for the first time today. Live in person. He doesn't want to get on the mic, though, but that's okay. Yeah. And then we got Daniel Locke, as always, sitting in. Um, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a little bit different today. We're going to talk Auburn baseball and uh, NBA playoffs. Um, as you notice, we started a little early, so we can do that. Four to five o'clock, we're going to get a little sappy in the studio. Uh, Gotta be pain, but also some happiness. It'll be really cool getting to talk about our top moments um, as students for Auburn athletic events. Jacob and I will will dissect those, and then we'll end the show out looking back on our time at Weagle, future plans for Jacob and I. Got some big moves ahead. Um, but anyways, as always, if you want to get call in and be a part of the scoreboard, 334-844-9345 is the number to dial. Let's go ahead, Jacob, and get it kicked off with Auburn baseball. Um, who just swept South Carolina at home um, for their first SEC sweep in several seasons at Plainsman Park, a three-game sweep. Then goes to Jacksonville State, who they lost to in Plainsman Park earlier this year, beat them on the road, and it's uh, not easy to go to Knoxville and play this season, <laughs> which is what they're going to have to do. The Tennessee Volunteers are number one in the country for a reason, 17-1 in SEC play. Honestly, I don't know if there are many teams in SEC history that has started the season like that, but... The Vols are there. They're one loss coming in game one to Alabama a few weeks ago. And now it's time for Auburn to go in and see if they can keep up the road warrior mantra. Now, of course, that they kind of end at Mississippi State against the defending national champions a few weeks ago. But I don't know. I, I just think it's a big weekend for Auburn. Now, of course, getting that sweep against South Carolina was the biggest, biggest deal for Auburn. Because for now, sure. now if you just go grab one at Tennessee, grab one against Arkansas, you're still in good positioning in the SEC. I want to get two this weekend, though. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I want to get two. Auburn sits at third in the SEC, like Jacob said, with a tough finish to their schedule. That South Carolina, I mean, you really just wanted at least a series win, but a sweep is, without a doubt, the best-case scenario for Auburn there. Um, going to Tennessee, like Jacob mentioned, uh, that's going to be a tall task, but the good news for Auburn is these two things. One, Auburn is 11-5 and on the road this season and 7-4 and in true road games, so that's number one. Number two... Auburn has been 6-4 and four this season against ranked opponents and has won a game against a former number one this season in Ole Miss. It's a little bit of a different story, obviously. Right. Um, but point being, Auburn it has not shied away from the task this season. This has just been their biggest task to date. And this number one Volunteers team, it's the pitching. I mean, just look at that starting rotation. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, Joseph Gonzalez with a 1.71 ERA and a 6-0 and record, that is incredible. But that only beats... Uh, two of their starters, and their Friday man is a freshman, Chase Burns, 7-1 with a 2.12 ERA. Saturday night, sophomore right-handed pitcher, Blake, or Blade Tidwell, that's a sick name, 
uh, 1-0 with a 1.59 ERA. Freshman right-handed pitcher on Sunday, Drew Beam, 8-0 with a 1.86 ERA. It doesn't slow down with Tennessee, but you look at the offense for Auburn, and it's the best in the SEC with the best hitters in the SEC. And, and in the country. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that this offense is going to be the biggest test that Tennessee has seen so far this season. Without a doubt. Um, Sonny DeShera, like you mentioned, Jacob, the best hitter in the nation. That's going to be one thing that Auburn's going to use to their advantage. Um, going to Tennessee, he leads Auburn in nearly every offensive statistical category. That's 448 at the plate. Uh, he leads the team in runs with 38, RBIs, home runs, you name it. Sonny DeShera is leading in that category. Um, with guys like Carlson and Rambush, like right behind him, like you mentioned, Jacob. So, um, that's kind of the biggest thing for me in combating that strong pitching staff is going to be letting that offense continue to roll um, because, I mean, Auburn won a close game Sunday, a 2-0 win over the weekend against South Carolina. Um, so, I mean, that offense, I think, is still going to be there to win those tight games, and I think all three games this weekend will be tight. And that, and that listen, that Sunday game was as close as you could get. It was. It was, it was another uh, Joseph Gonzalez gym, and a 2 nothing win, you would have liked to see a little bit more from the offense. Mike Bellow had to really save the day uh, robbing that home run. And, hey, listen, that's back-to-back games where Auburn's had some Sports Center top 10 robberies. Mike Bellow on Sunday against South Carolina and then Cason Howell on Tuesday at Jacksonville State. I I really like what this team is showing. Um, I just need to see the offense consistently this weekend because you're not going to be able to put up two runs against this Tennessee team and win. Yeah, and talking about that pitching staff uh, and what they did on Sunday and – um, facing off against this great pitching staff. Obviously, the talk of the town has been Joseph Gonzalez. Um, through this three-man rotation, he's arguably the best in the rotation despite being the Game 3 starter. Um, he turned in seven scoreless innings versus South Carolina Sunday. Um, he has not issued a walk uh, in his last three outings and has a 1.13 ERA in those outings. Um, he is also the first Auburn pitcher uh, to win four straight SEC starts since Major League pitcher Keegan Thompson did so seven years ago. Keegan Thompson had a pretty good outing against the Braves last night as well, so I, I will refrain <laughs> That's from unfortunate about for that. But hey, you. Ronald's back, so yeah. anyway. I really I really think what Gonzalez is doing is proving himself as uh, as a ace going forward. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're not going to change anything up while things are working right now. Mullins is doing fine on Friday night. Trace Bright got a win last Saturday, so you're not going to change the first that now. one. The first game two win in a while for him, and the first game two win for Auburn since non-conference play. Yes, I really think that you can't change anything now. As much as I wanted to last week, as much as I wanted to see maybe uh, Bright and Gonzalez switch, it worked last weekend. You don't really want to mess with them now, and I really think that Gonzalez has settled into that Sunday role. And why not throw your best pitcher on Sunday? And, and Maybe even in the smallest inconvenience of Hayden having to be pulled from that Friday spot, it's almost a guarantee that Joseph would move over Trace Bright for that spot. Um, right. Trace, obviously, in that game two spot has been more comfortable, it seems like, this season, despite some of the outcomes of those games. But um, I agree, I, especially going into next season. I don't want to look too far ahead because we still got a lot of baseball to play. But with him returning and Hayden, that's a good one-two punch. Absolutely. Assuming Mullins returns. Absolutely. I think Hayden would. But um, another note to point out, um, Auburn does enter this weekend having won seven straight contests, 12 of their last uh, 15 dating back to the 2nd of April. Um, again, and that's another thing we talk about in sports is the, un- the unwrittens of that momentum that teams have, especially in baseball. Baseball is a huge momentum deal, um, playing those long nine-inning games, and Auburn has a lot of it right now, but so does Tennessee. Right. Um, and maybe the Vitello incident with the that's what I was gonna umpire say. might yep. have screwed a little bit of that up, I would say, but... Well, you look at it from the standpoint that 
You look at what they did last week. Think about that. I mean, they were unreal at Florida the way they won and swept that series. And I think a lot of that had to do with uh, with Vitello not being there. Uh, they won 8-2, 3-0, and then 6-4 to in extra innings. Speaking of home run robberies, with the home run robbery. gracious. I mean, it was just an excellent series from Tennessee. I thought they'd go in and handle business, uh, get two out of three, because it was at Florida. And I thought maybe one of those games they'd be a little too fired up. No. Not the case. To end the game with that catch, dude. Right. I mean, Whew. And that, I mean, I know Florida's a down year. I think they're six and nine in SEC yeah. play right now. Um, or, yeah, nice. Uh, but even worse. But, anyways, um, the Swamp's not a tough place to play, especially with the coaching staff they have down there, the recent success they've had. But um, it's just, it's almost, and I hate to make this comparison, it's going to make me sound like such a barner. Is that, does this Tennessee team not remind you of Auburn basketball? In a sense, I do like that comparison. I mean, actually. rise to number one, the hottest team in the nation, just does not seem to lose on any front. I mean, I mean, halfway through SEC schedule, you've lost one game. You're right, and that's the thing is, you you think that at some point they lose, but they don't. They lost the one game one, and you think this is where they lose a series. Al- a lot of people thought cool. Alabama would win that series after that. Yeah, because Alabama's looked good this year, and ever since that series, they haven't looked this good. So, here's another thing. If you're Auburn, even if you go in and only win one game or you get swept, don't let it derail your season. Of course, you mentioned the baseball highs and lows. Lots of peaks and valleys in the college baseball season. You can't let one bad weekend against an amazing team kind of haunt you or anything like that. For sure. And I look back to that Ole Miss series that Auburn had. They didn't let that get them down. So I look ahead of this weekend as only positives can come out of it. There's not really anything negative. Because you go in, you grab one, you're happy. For sure. So that's the, that, that is the biggest mindset heading into this week. Considering only one SEC team this year has beaten them, um, I would say, sadly, I would say that's a successful trip. Right. Um, but the rest of the SEC is looking pretty competitive right now. One thing I do want to mention, too, um, before we move on to SEC talk, or the big picture of the SEC right now, um, has been Nate LaRue. Um, wow. Nate's kind of established himself being that catcher um, and we really kind of saw this going back to the Texas A&M series, and we, t- we talked about this on the show last week about how the walk-off win. I, I mentioned Andy literally said he's, he's batting 170-something. He's 11 of 64, and he's just – last week he just turned it on. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it, Nate's really established himself with his bat behind the plate, and, uh, I mean, he started in 15 straight SEC games at catcher. Um, he's second on the team with 14 RBIs, third in home runs uh, in league play. So, I mean – we, and that's something we haven't seen from him since his time he's been here. And it was just such an impressive weekend for him. I think he had six runs batted in uh, against South Carolina as, and, and dating back to the midweeks before that. Yeah, he's batting under 200. He's not anymore because of what he did yeah. this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. But even when he was batting under 200, he's at like a 171, I think, clip. He had 11 RBI and four home runs in SEC play. So he was coming through in big moments, driving in runs and hitting mammoth home runs, uh, one of them against Mississippi State that I think left the ballpark yeah. <laughs> at, at the dude. So I, if he comes along and starts hitting, getting base hits, when there's not a runner on second or yeah. third base, that's going to be a big deal for Auburn just to have that at the bottom of the order. I really like the consistency also with him being behind the plate because we saw Wyant earlier this year. Um, Dial, of course, a guy that's been back there a lot. He still catches some of the midweek games, of course. Um but I really think it's encouraging to see him coming on, um, in my perspective at least, that is. so. I, re- I really think that this lineup has come together, and you know what you're going to get out of these guys. I mean, it- it's just up and down, one through nine. 
I think that the one, two, three hitters, that's the best you can ask for in the SEC. Yeah. Blake Rambush is the best leadoff hitter. Casey Howell is going to get on base. He can go the other way with it. He can do whatever he wants with it. Starting to share the same thing. What I want to see is that cleanup spot really settle in. Bruce Carlson's done a good job, but he's also had some moments where some games that are not great. And his power hitting has come along with it. It has, so I'll point that out. And then real quick before we go to break, let's look at the SEC standings, Jacob. Um, we'll start in the East where Auburn travels this weekend led by Tennessee, 17-1 and in conference play. That lone loss to Alabama, like we mentioned, 38-3 and overall. Um, second in the SEC is Georgia right now at 11-7. and um, Them and Auburn, that's a series that will be coming up soon. Um, and that might that's another I mean potential team that Auburn could face in Hoover late in the tournament if they do go late in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but looking for that as well. Um, also, another interesting story. Those are the only two teams in the East right now with winning SEC records. I mean, and Vanderbilt is not one of them. Yeah, that's that's the big that's the big story is Vanderbilt's at nine and nine. Listen, I mean, you think it'd be Florida, Vandy. Listen, Auburn is going to have a great chance to win the SEC West and a great chance to be in the top four if they don't win the SEC West and Hoover. And being in that top four spot is a big deal not to have to play Tuesday. Right. Helps your arms, and it just really gives you a rest. And I could not tell you the last time Auburn did not play on Tuesday. I mean, I mean it's I'd, been a I'd have to check the time. It would probably have to be uh, the last time Auburn hosted a regional back in 2010, but sure. that's just a guess. Looking at the West, uh, led by Arkansas, Auburn is one game back of Arkansas. Arkansas is at 12-6. and six. Auburn at 11-7, and seven. Um, and then right behind Auburn, I mean, <laughs> by a game, LSU and A&M, 10-8, 10-8. I said it last week, and at the chance of sounding like a broken record, I will say it again. Those two series were gigantic for Auburn to win on the road. Absolutely. Both of them. Absolutely, and, and what I want to look at is the top of the SEC West between Arkansas and Auburn. If Auburn gets a game this weekend, they're going to have a chance to uh, take the SEC West lead uh, next weekend against Arkansas when they come to Placement Park. Yeah. Now – Here's here's the one issue that I see is that look who's going to Arkansas this weekend. It's Ole Miss. That is sweet potential. I mean, I would I would predict there's going to be a sweep there uh, in Fayetteville. So Auburn has to grab one to have that opportunity. The SEC right now. I mean, it is there's no shortage of competition whatsoever right now. No, it just means that's, more. A, that's SEC baseball. It's SEC softball. Whatever it is, gymnastics, football, basketball to an extent. <laughs> Yes, well, recently. Right. On the other side of the break, we'll be back, and we're going to be discussing the NBA playoffs, a quick update on those. Boston Celtics sweep the Nets. Daniel's happy over there. He likes that. (laughs) On the other side of the break, that's the NBA playoffs on the scoreboard, WEGL 91.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back into the scoreboard finale. I'm Jacob Hillman, joined by Bay Marks, as always, and for the final time here on WEGL 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. Start a little bit extra early just so we could do our normal sports talk for the last time and then a lot of reminiscing and a little bit of a look ahead as we do the final hour. Did you see I brought tissues today? You did. You did indeed. And I... (laughs) I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Well, I was going to play along with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So be it. We're also going to be joined by Daniel Locke on this segment as he was a consistent caller, and now he's a part of Weagle and the future co-sports director taking over for me next year at Weagle. Um, it's big shoes to fill. Uh, I mean, yeah, it could be bigger, but we'll see. It's not It's not as big as Jared's shoes when I, when I stepped in, and as well as Alex, so who knows. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. 
As you mentioned, the Celtics, they got the sweep over the Nets. And as I mentioned, the Hawks, they did not do anything against the Heat except for that game, uh, the first game in Atlanta. So I guess let's talk about those series that have already wrapped up. I think we just go ahead and talk about the Celtics and how they looked. Daniel, your takeaway? It's absolutely electric. Um, This is the most optimistic I've ever been about the Celtics and um, playoff chances. I didn't think we'd sweep the series. I thought when we won the first game by one point that it was going to be a long series. We're going to have to really fight it out. But no, Brooklyn just rolled over and died. Um, Their personal issues got in the way of basketball. Uh, Ben Simmons, that... That's a whole other issue that they're going to have to get ironed out this offseason. I'm excited. Bring on Milwaukee. Bay? I think the best thing to come out of the series is all the slander against KD and Kyrie and, and Ben Simmons. Obviously Ben Simmons. That goes without saying. Yep. Did you see the Reggie Miller take on him? No, I did not. Uh, so Simmons announced he was like, I'm coming back for game four, and he didn't. did it. Uh, Reggie Miller like called him out on being lazy. Somebody, I don't know if it was him, but somebody had to take that he was the laziest professional athlete of all time. Wow. Probably Stephen A. Smith. If you've heard what he's been saying, I mean, it's just it's just bonkers. Kendrick, about how he Kendrick quit Perkins on everybody, awesome. yeah. quit on LSU, quit on the Sixers, and now he's not even showing up for the Brooklyn Nets. Listen, I am probably the biggest Ben Simmons hater on this planet. Everyone thinks that he could help. I don't think he would have helped the Nets no. whatsoever. I don't think they would have won a game because of him. I don't know how he was a number one pick. That draft, I need to look back at the draft class because that was a that'd be a horrible draft class. But I'll do that right now. While you're doing that, series wise. Like Daniel said, that puts a lot of confidence in NBA fans in Boston and their potential for the postseason. I mean, a four-game sweep of a team that preseason, obviously the Kyrie situation at home games hurt, but preseason was the favorite in the East, possibly, them in Milwaukee. Um, I think that instills a lot of confidence. And and honestly, this might be a little bit deeper. It adds a a cornerstone to Jason Tatum's young legacy, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, I was texting with one of my friends. You can easily say that Tatum's a top ten player now. Oh yeah, I, mean, um, I think you could have said that before the before that series. I, I've been saying it for two years. I, th- I think Tatum's up there in the top ten, uh, s- simply because a lot of these guys don't stay healthy, and Jason Tatum's done that pretty well. Yeah. And I think that that helps him in his uh, in his thing because obviously he's not in the top five. He's not in front of a in front of a Giannis, he's not in front of a, a Jokic right now or anything like that. But when you look at just where he matches up with all the other greats in, in the league right now, absolutely he's up there. I think he's he's. I still like the joke. He's still nineteen or whatever. But the under twenty five list, he's absolutely at the top of that. I would say I think he's better than Luca. I think he's better than Jaw. I think he's better than Trey. I think he's the best player, the best young player in the league right now. Yeah. So it's really about can he finally. Get the Celtics to a conference finals, to a finals, and obviously, eventually, the question will be, can he win it if he doesn't do it anytime soon? I think this race kind of, well, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I think watching this series really solidifies my opinion of them being one of three teams I see out of the East now, along with the Bucks and Heat. Um, I'm still not convinced on the Sixers until Doc Rivers can solidify a series, but... Um, Anyway, I'll go ahead and talk about the draft that Ben Simmons was in. The, the two and three. This is tough to listen to if you're a 76ers fan. Uh, Brandon Ingram at two. He's coming along in his career. And then a guy that has been great for the Celtics, Jalen Brown. Yes. Ooh, yeah. And even and even down at pick 11, Sabonis. For the, for, he got drafted by the Magic, but ended up at the Patriots where he's been good. Was this year that the Sixers went 9-73? and 73? Oh, yeah. They were the number one pick, I think, because of that. I believe so. I could be wrong. I thought they drafted Embiid that year. Yeah, he's right. Actually. And then he sat out for a year. He's right. 
And yeah. Then, yeah, because they drafted him, he didn't play, and, and then he was still terrible. That's but. why. That's how they came up with trust the process. Correct. But so, yeah, that that was not a great pick by the 76ers, obviously, as we saw. But uh, moving on to another series that's over. Do we? I guess we believe in the Heat now. Well, I don't. I don't want to be too rude. Uh, you we, think the Hawks are, were trash? No, I wasn't going to say that. It was, I thought they were. I liked the memes of the Heat melting ice tray. Okay, whatever. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Well, I'll give credit where credit's due. A team that throughout the season nobody would have thought if they even made the play-in tournament that they'd advance to the playoffs. Yeah. A team that did, that beat a young Cavs team that I had a lot of faith in with Isaac and all of them. And even one gentlemen got gentlemen swept. They won a game yeah. um, against the Miami Heat, who's possibly going to go to the finals. So I mean, my words are bravo to the the Hawks. Listen, okay. if you're if you're going to go to Miami, and DeAndre Hunter's going to drop thirty five, and you're going to lose. <laughs> when has DeAndre Hunter ever done that in his career? He does it in in your do or die game. And Trey Young has more turnovers and made shots in the whole series. We looked it up this morning. That's never happened. I know it's ridiculous. I. I don't know. I don't know where to go with the Hawks from here because they, something's got to change. They don't play Sharif Cooper enough. You know what? I like that take. Yeah. I don't think that's the right take, but I like that take. <laughs> yeah, it's a good take. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, when when I go back to the, I think it was game two when Jimmy Butler dropped 45 and you lose, you barely lose, there's nothing you can do. It's, it's just a great game by Jimmy Butler, and he lost it. So I still think the future's very bright, though. It could be. I know, the, like, last year, the way that ended, I mean – Put up a heck of a fight against Milwaukee to go to the finals. Didn't turn out the way you wanted. And really, this year, after that hangover got cured, wasn't going the way y'all wanted. Um, but my word to you would be, don't be frustrated. I'll try not to. Future's be. bright. I'll try not to be. Another series that wrapped up. Another gentleman sweep. Warriors over Nuggets. I think, let this one quickly. Do we think the Warriors are actually hot, or do we think the Nuggets are just flaming hot garbage? I think the Nuggets are trash. I think so, too. I've been saying it all year. It's still true. Even though they're trash, I'm surprised that they won one game in this series. Well, listen, that was going to happen with the way that crowd was going, and Jokic had a great game, and I think the Warriors, they never really seized that game. I remember they were they took the lead at one point, but they never even took, like, a big lead. I thought that the, that the Lakers needed, or excuse me, the, the Warriors in that game that they lost, I, I just didn't see any any killer aspect to it. They needed to go in that game and seize it when they took the lead. They never did. They never yeah. broke away or anything like that. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Warriors. I don't either. I mean, it's it's not really the same mantra of, like, Curry, Clay, Draymond. I mean, we went through such a period within the NBA where when it came to playoff time, it was just, like, like automatic, like, Warriors. It's not That's not really the sense around it all now, which is really why I have such a lack of faith of them throughout the rest of these playoffs. I will say... I thought this game or this series was going to six games um, just because, like you said, Nuggets are trash, but also the Warriors aren't as great as I think people are making them out to be. So, I don't know. I, I thought this series would have continued longer. Another series where is well, I think this is a great team against a team that just fell off the planet, Bucks over Bulls. I mean, I think the Bucks have a good chance at repeating, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, they're, I think it's them and the Celtics right now. Pretty simply. I mean, Giannis is playing really well. Dropped 33 in the clincher. Um, reigning NBA champion. I mean, they have all the momentum. They're kind of the top dog in the East. And another thing is they but don't have middle They're not hungry. Huh? They're not hungry. Yes, they are. They're they are not. very hungry. I, I guarantee Giannis is hungry Gian- for another 50-piece. 50 50 yeah, <laughs> another 50-piece nuggets. So, Can I have one 50-piece? One. Half lemonade. Half lemonade. And half, half tea. Half tea. Un, was it unsweet? Sprite. 
It was Sprite. Was it? Sprite. That's kind of gross. I'm about to look it up. That's kind of gross. If it's no, Sprite it's and lemonade. Have you tried that? The Giannis Chick Fil A meal. Yeah, just Google that real quick. But what I'll say is, I think the Bucks are going to be really, really good when they get Middleton back in this next series. Uh, I, I just. Oh, Daniel was right. Half it, Sprite, yeah. half lemonade. I know everything about Chick Fil A there is to know ever. Oh, that is a good point. I, but I just think that going forward. I just really like the Bulls, uh, Bucks. I hate that they have to play the Celtics next series. I I, that should be the Easter Conference Finals. True. That should be not the a second Conference round. Finals. Not a second round. I do have a prediction about that series. It's going to be seven games. Each one's going to be decided by less than five points, and three of the seven are going to go to overtime. I mean, if that happens, it's very bold. If that happens, absolute dog. I will be locked into that series. Oh, me too. Like I've never been locked into a series before. It'll be. I guarantee you, it'll be the most expensive ticket in Boston sports history. Okay. That is that, that okay. is a take. That's a flaming that, that take. That is a take. I promise Daniel, you. Daniel, what's up with your hot Boston takes lately, man? Look, literally. What, wait, wait, hold on, time out. Before we continue NBA, who won the debate last week? Jacob. Okay. I yeah. conceded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a gentleman. Yeah. I am a gentleman. Well, what's up with your hot Boston takes lately? I promise you, dude. Boston tickets are insane. It is the only I'm city. not saying that, but like, do you realize how many that, recent that's worlds? Point. That's the point. Do you know how many recent World Series have been there? Can I talk? I know it's your show, but can I can I answer? In 2018, you could get into the World Series Game Four for $600. I don't think you're going to be able to get into the series for that. All those Super Bowls are played elsewhere. They're not played in Boston. Those don't count. I mean, is that the most expensive Red Sox ticket there's ever been? I don't think you so. said in Boston sports history. What's the most expensive Fenway ticket ever? I bet there. 2004 will... ALCS Game Four. Just kidding. That's not it. <laughs> but I bet there's been a. I bet there will be a Bruins Stanley Cup final game. That will beat out. Ooh, when we were in yeah. the Stanley the Cup series. Finals in 2019, you could get in for $500. These tickets are going to be going for 700 Trust me, as much as I've looked at Boston sports tickets, I mean, their trends, the graphs I've looked at, I'm willing to bet. Jacob's a betting man. I'm fair. willing to. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do anything about that because it could very well. If it gets to Game 7, sure, maybe. But I, promise I don't know. You. Anyways, moving on to series that have not finished up. Uh, big ones tonight. There's three games on tonight. We'll start off 76ers Raptors. Do the Sixers get it done tonight? I think they do. I think that's kind of been the biggest criticism. <laughs> like all the memes about Doc Rivers. It's just like, dude can't finish. Like he never has been able to. I think they'll get it done. That they won't represent the East in the finals, but I think they get it done. I'll be honest, I think the Raptors get it get a win tonight. Maybe I just, do a game seven. I think we get to game seven, but then the Sixers won. Yeah. I I think it'd be hilarious if the Sixers lost. Oh that gosh. would be amazing. That would be great for James Harden. But yeah, that's the thing. Harden's been not good. Yeah, it's a terrible. I think. Well, I think, nobody. It, it, I mean, nobody's ever been talking about him the, since he went there. The, the joke right now is that nobody won the Simmons Harden trade. Period. No one won it because Simmons just didn't play, and Harden is garbage. Yeah. In my opinion, Brooklyn's still the loser for what they gave up to get Harden in the first place. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you want to go that deep into it, yes, of course. But that directly, I mean, no one's won it, so. I think the Sixers get it done in seven. I've got Raptors in seven. I, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me because I think if they win tonight, that game seven is just. I mean, it's just gonna be a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker for the Seventy Sixers if they lose tonight. So, we'll see. Another series, the one eight Suns Pelicans. You know, I mean, what are we looking at here? I the most intriguing thing about this series has been the the Chris Paul story surrounding mm-hmm. everything that's gone on with all the younger players that he's kind of agitated. Um, I think the Suns still win this series, but 
the amount of confidence this has kind of given New Orleans going forward, I think, is the biggest thing I'm taking away from this round one series. Okay. Quickly. If Zion's a man, he'll play tonight. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see Zion playing these playoffs. He's not honest, a man. But, um, <laughs> neither has Ben Simmons. Uh, let's, let's look at this. I think Suns get it done tonight, and then Booker gets back, and they just kind of cruise to the NBA For sure. finals, I'm going to be honest. For sure. They got quite the crowd there at the blender, though. They do. They do. Mavericks Jazz. I don't think that the Jazz ain't a chance. I I can't believe this line's even. I think with a hurt well, Mitchell. I, I don't know, man. In Utah, just like your Raptor 76ers wouldn't shot me if we went to seven games. I predict I'm predicting Dallas to win because of Donovan being out. Yeah. But it would not well, shot me if I don't know if he's out, but he's well, let's say he he's is. He's good let's to go. say he is. Yeah. He is good to go. Yeah, that's right here. Okay, yeah. then honestly, dude, like I I say game seven in Dallas. <sighs> I don't know about that. I'm taking the Mavericks tonight. I think he's ho- he's too hobbled, in my opinion, Mitchell is. Uh, it, it's just gonna be tough, and I and I think it's different than the Raptors because I don't think the Jazz has as much momentum. That 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 is my takeaway. Is there anything else we're missing? Grizzlies Timberwolves quickly. Grizz, Grizz can't yeah. can't beat Jaw right now. Can, yeah, the Jawbreaker, Poster. the Jawbreaker. I mean that that dunk was insane. Daniel, thank you for joining us on the finale. Thank you. On the other side of this break, the final hour of the scoreboard on WEGL ninety one point one FM or streaming at WeGoFM.com. Thank you for tuning in to The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find The Scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. And we're back for the finale of The Scoreboard here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Or if you are streaming live on WeagleFM.com, we thank you. We thank all the loyal listeners throughout the years. My dad is currently listening. He said he's oh, multitasking. Live, okay. So thank you to my parents for listening. Thank you, Daniel, for the last segment for being on. Riley, Riley's first time ever in the studio. He, Go, glad he could venture out. Yeah. Glad he could venture out. It only out. took him a, almost two years from being yeah. here. That's okay. Um, sports talk for the day. We're not done, but live sporting that's right. going on right now is done. Uh, Going to get into some more lighthearted stuff here. Um, the second half of today's show Um me and Jacob, we're going to take respective segments, break down the top five sporting events um, that we experienced while we were students at Auburn University. In no particular order. This is such a difficult, this was such a difficult assignment to do. I mean, it's impossible. Five? Yeah, I, 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 almost mean, feel like, I almost feel like I want to do it like, I don't even know. We're going to do it like this, but it's just. I, so we'll do, we'll do me this segment, you, and we'll do yours next segment yeah. with, with proper breaking down. Um, of these games. I'm, I'm honestly going to think about it in chronological order. I think that's fair. While I'm thinking about so it. So go from freshman to senior year? Yes. So for number one, or the first thing that I'll mention, freshman year, uh, one of the top five moments of my time being Auburn was the Elite Eight Auburn versus Kentucky and the scene at Toomer's Corner when Auburn advanced to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, I know, unfortunately, you weren't there to experience it because you were covering the game for Weagle. I was on the court so during you, the celebration. Yeah, I, yeah, I you, was actually you there. You witnessed it live. Yeah, I was actually there. It was... See, and that's the thing is when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I wish which place I'd rather be. Yeah, well, it's just such an electric. I'll never forget. What I'll never forget is being on the court, and I cannot remember what media member it was, but he just nudged me on the on the elbow and he just elbowed me. He's like, "Dude, look at Tumor's corner." Yeah, I was, I was like, "Oh my Dude, gosh!" The way it happened was I, we were watching it. Uh, I watched it in Jordan's dorm room in the village. So okay. on the opposite side of campus of Tumor's, uh, you got to take a 15 minute walk down Titchener Ave just to get to Tumor's. Um, Game ends. It was a close game. Uh, social media is going nuts, and we're all like, "Dude, we we gotta go to Tumors." So we grab a couple rolls of toilet paper, and we all just start speed walking down the concourse. And you just see like a plethora of students from the quad, from coming from the hill. You see coming down Don, um, cars driving to Tumors Court. I mean, 
I've been to Tumor's Corner, and Riley can attest to this. We've been to Tumor's Corner several times in our life. I've never witnessed so much toilet paper, like, in the air. Like, it was getting in my eyes. You could see it on people's glasses, and, like, you couldn't breathe. It was... Yeah. People were shaving their heads on top of the <laughs> on top of yeah. the brick walls. Um, it the, was it was sim- it was as close to that last rolling a tumor's corner. Yes, it was very similar. Like, just the trees were covered. Yeah, I it mean, looked awesome. That was that was a top top moment. So that's number one. Go ahead. I'll go ahead and add it. Like just the game itself. Oh yeah, and the I game. Mean, yeah, I mean, oh, going to overtime with Kentucky like that and Jared Harper taking over the way he did. I mean, it it was unbeatable. really an incredible game. Um, so that's my first one. My second one, again, in no particular order, 2019 Iron Bowl, our sophomore year. Yep. Um, I mean, arguably the most emphatic and entertaining Iron Bowl of all time. Yeah. Auburn wins 48-45. to 45. The atmosphere in that game, um, our last normal game before COVID hit the next year. Yeah, true. And the way it just all panned out against an Alabama team, it was 5 versus 15. 15. Alabama wins are virtually in the playoff. Yep. Um, Auburn has had a somewhat successful season besides trips to Florida and LSU. Um, and just the way that game happened, Zacoby McLean's pick six, 100 yards, Smoke Mondays. I remember a guy when Smoke Monday picked it off behind me, goes, that's pick six, and he catches it and runs to the end zone. Yep. Um, the last second field goal, I mean, the blo- uh, the the doink. Or what about Sean Shivers? Sean Shivers. Blo- I mean, McKinney. <laughs> like, where do you start? I mean, that game is like – that's my biggest thing about that game is exactly where do you start? There's so many iconic moments in it because obviously when you look back to the 2013 Iron Bowl, we know what we talk about there, kick six. When you think about uh, the 2013 Georgia game, Miracle of Jordan Harris, there, there's specific moments. That game, you could literally yeah. call it so yeah. many different things. And, that, and that's the thing is it, it's so like you can't even wrap your head around the fact that all of that happened. And I was there. Like yeah. I, saw, I saw it happen before yeah. my eyes. <laughs> Um, I'll never forget that doink when people just in front of me are just falling over each other. And then running like running on the field after the game. Yeah. I I mean, once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So for me, that that's the second thing. Well, let's just skip junior year. I, I mean, was say, nothing. That was, that's a wash. Nothing good happened. That's that a year. wash. Um, so my last three, I'm actually gonna combine my last two. My last few are from senior year this year. Number three, the trip to the bayou and breaking the 20 year streak. Over 20 year streak. Um, a first-year head coach in Brian Harson, just coming off a game where your three-year starter in the SEC got pulled for a guy that just played at LSU the year before as a true freshman. You're coming into one of the most hostile environments in college football, and just the, that day, like I had never experienced Baton Rouge, and I think that's kind of what made that trip also way cooler than just the game itself was experiencing the Bayou and hearing Colin Baton Rouge coming over the speaker and hearing the entire stadium sing it, like, that experience to me was just something in my heart that I will forever remember and tell my grandkids about. Right. Um, Bo Nix's incredible play that game oh, to Tyler yeah. Fromm in the end zone. He, Dude, I was watching the highlights the other day thinking about this segment. There were also a few other plays where he had to scramble out of the pocket, third down to Sean Shivers, the defense coming up oh, with big yeah. plays late. I mean, it's... Jarquez it, Hunter. Jarquez Hunter, I mean... Those little things throughout the game also made it so special. Sitting in the upper deck, just the amount of Auburn fans, and you could hear them in the ESPN broadcast. There was a lot of people there. You could see Riley live on TV in the upper deck. <laughs> That's awesome. Like literally, That's awesome. him and Alex and Jessica. <laughs> you can see them up there cheering. That's like that uh, Brad Law, Auburn Sports Network. He was doing sideline for that game, and he texted me. He was like, "It is loud. It was. And you couldn't hear." And it was like it wasn't raining per se. Like it was sprinkling all yeah. throughout the day. I'd say. 
Yeah. That, that's the hardest it ever got. It was misting kind of in the upper deck. Um, but that game, here and people the entire day are yelling at you, Tiger Bait, Tiger Bait. I remember walking down the rotunda after the game, all the Auburn fans were chanting Tiger Bait. That's awesome. And meeting the players after the game with the buses, high-fiving them, it was just, I mean, 10 out of 10. Lighting up that cigar in that stadium was, oh, was beautiful. the greatest feeling ever. Cherry on just top. Greatest feeling ever. I mean, breaking that streak like that, it could not have asked a better senior road trip for football. Oh, no. I also did go to Penn State, but like, and that was we lost. Yeah. We lost. So it was great to have that to back it up and win. Yeah. Make, make that a little bit better. Um, number four, also from senior year. The invasion of Coleman Coliseum. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and talk about that one because um, nothing else. I mean, Georgia and Bama in football were fun this year. Those were really good games. But um, the invasion of Coleman, obviously, if you do not know by now, which I don't know how you wouldn't know, Jacob and I were on the jungle leadership staff this year, and we kind of planned this with foresight foresight months in advance. As soon as Alabama beat Gonzaga in December, we we're like. Where we were ready to go, like we knew we were like, hey, we got to push this hashtag out. We have to have graphics ready. Like, let's make this a big thing. I had never been to Coleman, so again, that might be another reason why I've been to Tuscaloosa. But um, our friend Blake Bullock, uh, like Crimson Chaos President, Crimson Chaos President, <laughs> yes, he lives close to the state or the arena, so we got to walk with Jack Hart, talkers who travel, and um, we weren't entirely in the back. But we, I mean, the amount of Auburn fans that were at that game, again, Auburn was catching a lot of momentum at this time. We were. A, Top 15, I believe top 10 team. I think we were number eight, something yeah. like that, um, regardless. And the hype around that game, how loud, like the environment the environment that Auburn fans created saying, let's go Auburn. I mean, you have videos of yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was it was Pissing incredible. off the student section yeah. and booming and <laughs> yeah. saying Bruce is fat. Like we're just up there just causing a bunch of havoc. And Auburn players and coaches turning around literally like saying like, let's go. Like, I mean, Dylan does that even if there's no Auburn fans in the crowd, no yeah. matter what. But yeah. yeah, he knew we were there. And yeah. He knew that corner was Auburn. And, and it was throughout the arena too. Oh, it, well, yeah, for sure. And that that corner was kind of, and I don't want to be biased, but like we kind of helped like start Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But like, that's that, where a lot of the students were. Yes, and and driving back to Auburn and getting back to Auburn at nearly 3 a.m. that night, that game, and starting my internship in class the next yeah, day. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> that sucked, um, but that trip made it all worth it. I basically didn't take Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes because of that game. Yeah. I, and obviously, I don't want to take Friday classes, but when I saw that the Alabama-Auburn game was going to be that Tuesday before class start, I was like, you know what, I'm going to not – Gave myself a Wednesday class that I needed to be at. Yeah. So it, it, that was incredible. It was. It, it was. And really, just like you said, like being able to kind of help make that happen, it was incredible. And, and like I said, I got to my internship the next day, and my boss was like, I was like, uh, hey, like we were talking, like we were explaining everything. And I was like, also, like when we were leaving that day, I was like, I'm sorry if I looked a little bit tired today. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got back at 3 a.m. last yep. night. But that uh, Highway 82 drive will get you. The amount of deer on yeah, that highway is dangerous. Scary. Dangerous. Um, but the invasion of Coleman. And then my last, I'm gonna combine two from basketball season again. Um, just because I really I really can't put maybe can't one pick, of maybe yeah. one of the other. But Pearlville, which is now Jungle Village, but originally Pearlville and the game against Kentucky where Auburn won and became the number one team in the nation. And then the wideout at home against Alabama and the dismantling. I mean yeah. Auburn put up triple 100. figures. Carter Sabera, Mr. One Hundred. Yeah. So I mean and I'll break them down real quick since we're about to run out of time for this segment. But Jungle Village, I remember this is actually crazy. The day before that Friday, I went home and interviewed for my graduate program that I'll get into later when we're saying our goodbye. And my dad in his office is like, We heard rumors for the jungle staff about tents. I was like, dude, I was like, I'd be surprised if there was more than like five. 
my dad shows me a picture in his office at 4 p.m. Yeah. And the village is just like straight chaos. Yep. And I remember I was like, I got to get down there now. I called Jake. I'm like, hey, I'm like, what's going on? Jacob's like, dude, I cannot tell you. Yeah. So I, I didn't know what was going on. No. After. I get down to Auburn that night. I take a quick peek before I go home. Um, and then the next morning I get up and go to Jungle Village and I see that the game itself, Auburn just, Auburn really played a great game against Kentucky. That might have been one of their best games they played all year. Um, that was really kind of towards Auburn's peak of the season, I would say. And um, the orange out was just beautiful. And uh, having CBS there, that was a great broadcast looking back at it. And then, of course, the Alabama game. We knew, like, that's a Jekyll and Hyde team that could, without a doubt, come in here and beat us. Um, and the tribute to Fluff pregame with you and Blake was beautiful. The wideout was beautiful. And then, obviously, the crane kicks from Bruce and everybody after yeah. the game. Them playing <laughs> kung fu fighting. I mean, that is another serotonin. And I told Riley. Riley and them were about to leave at the end of the game. And I was like, dude, stay for reverse Rammer Jammer. And he was like, what? And I was like, stay for reverse Rammer Jammer. Yep. It is awesome. And and he told me after the game, he was like, dude, I am so glad that I stayed and listened to that. That was a cool experience. But I really like, – if you told me to put those in order of those five yeah, or six-ish, I could not do it. Well, and it's also – I'm sure you'll probably after the show think, man, I left this off. I, yes, yeah, without a absolutely. doubt. Um, but it, it's really a, a nostalgic moment to look back at all those. But um, those are mine, Jacob, on the other side of this break, live on the scoreboard. We will get into yours. Hopefully you can narrow down a few like I tried. Yeah, that, that, that's the goal. Try to be a little bit different too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you can repeat some. We went to a lot of those together. Yeah, you're right. Probably we were at every single one of those together. Mm-hmm. Um but anyways, Jacob's top moments as a student in Auburn athletic events as he was an Auburn student here live right after the short PSA break. Do not touch that dial. It is the finale of the scoreboard. We're already halfway done with the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can find more Weagle content at WeagleFM.com or on social media at Weagle underscore AU. Welcome back into the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. It's the finale. Bow. 40 or so minutes left here for Bay pain, and I. Pain. Pain, pain, pain. Bay just gave his top five moments uh, uh, at Auburn sporting events. As a student, yes. As a student. Yes. I'm going to give mine now. And like you, I'm not going to do it in ranking them. I'm going to do it in chronological order. So starting off freshman year, I got two from freshman year. I think you had one. Is that correct? The, the final four. Final four. Yeah. Football so, season, there was a lot of. No. And baseball. Texas A&M was cool. Well, Texas A&M, I will admit, like, that was a cool game. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, So I'll start off with the regular season finale for that year. That really kind of set the tone for how this team was going to be. That that game against number five, Tennessee, uh, you were there, obviously. That environment was one of the craziest environments I've ever experienced. And I think it was, you mentioned it because we talked about the South, when we were getting prepared for the South Carolina game this year, the regular season championship. You talked about how the people that are there want to be there. And that was the case with that game because it was right before spring break. The whole push was, hey, it's a noon or 11 a.m. game. You can be at the Tennessee game and make it to the Peach uh, before sundown. So everyone there wanted to be there. Uh, it was the last game. We were with uh, Varner and Will Kelly, one of two of our good friends that we uh, made friends with in the jungle. And, I mean, it, it could not – the seniors could not have gone out a better way. Bryce Brown jumping up on the scores table. Uh, Chuma solidifying himself as a first-round pick. It also contributed to the start of a huge momentum swing. What a game that was. Yeah. And that is one of the – that was kind of what – it didn't hook me. I had already been hooked on the jungle. But, I mean, that kind of just – I was out of the water at that point. Yeah. And I was in. I was completely in. Yeah. Um. Now I'm realizing that uh, – 
All right. Well, I'll say, I'm going to change something up. So. I'll say one thing real quick about that game, too, was for the last time seeing that historic group, group playing in Auburn Arena, not a better way to go out against a Tennessee team that was consistently in the top five that year. Right. True. Okay. Matt, next one, just a few months later, 2019 Baseball College World Series run. I'm combining yeah. my trip to Atlanta and my trip to Omaha. So I went to Atlanta with my mom. Uh, this one was this was emotional. This is right after the voice of the Tigers, Rod Bramlett, passed away. And, you know, you're looking at this this team, and you're like, all right, you're going to Georgia Tech. You're 2C. Uh, this is a Tech team that I think Auburn had beaten that year. And they get a win against uh, uh, College of Charleston or Charleston Southern, whoever it was, and in game one. And then the Stephen Williams walk-off. Richard Fitz, one of our friends from Helena, he pitched an absolute gem that game out in relief. And Auburn able to mount a ninth-inning comeback and spark that magical run. Got the win the next day against Georgia Tech. And then, like I said, I went to Omaha. I drove those 14 hours by myself. My God, do I regret it? No, absolutely not. Maybe a lot of self-reflection on that drive. A lot of self-reflection and then... On the drive back after Auburn lost the first two games, a lot of self-reflection as well. But just being a part of that uh, first College World Series run uh, of the century was incredible just to travel with them. I'll say if there's one thing in my life I will forever be jealous of you of, Jacob, I'm jealous of, of you of a lot of things. I mean, But one of them is the Omaha College World Series trip that you were able to make. That was, was so cool. I remember watching that. I worked at, in Birmingham over the summer and watching that at work, and I was like, God, like I wish I would have found a way. And I was very jealous that you were there. That's, that was a cool experience. I'm mad I wasn't at in, in, in Chapel Hill for the Super Regional. That would have been, a, yeah. I mean, now, it would have been kind of stressful after you put up the 13th spot in the first inning. You're just like, all right, let's not let them score 13 runs. But yeah, uh, that is my second in chronological order. Now, I, I had a list of this 29 hour, but since we talked about that, 2020 basketball, fortunately, this is one that you weren't at, LSU. Yeah, sadly. Holy cow. This game was it's one of the top basketball games I've experienced in my time at Auburn. As I mean, Javon McCormick, I mean, those threes that he dropped at the end of the game, I didn't expect that. You know, I had given up with 60 seconds left. Auburn's oh, down yeah. like 11 points, I think, and McCormick just keeps draining threes, and you get a steal at the end. Dowdy comes on, and then overtime. Devin Cambridge hits a 7-3. This crowd is going absolutely berserk. Samir Dowdy with the shimmy. And then Isaac Okoro rips the rim off the yeah. backboard. Yeah. And then you're still down with uh with like nine seconds left. Yeah. So after all literally that, somehow. After all that, Auburn is still trailing with nine seconds left. McCormick gets it, gets an amazing screen from Austin Wiley, drops a floater in. Then I thought Wiley offense that I've never heard a more dead buzzer beater because I think the entire arena thought it was offensive interference. Yeah. I thought it was because as soon as it goes in, I hear the whistles blow. I was like, that. I bet Wiley touched it. Yeah. Sure enough, he didn't. So that was good to see. Um, and, and that was just one of the most electric environments. I got in line at 2.45 a.m. for that game. Yeah, I uh, I was not doing that. Um, Don't blame you. You didn't need to, but yeah, I think you were under the weather. Yeah, I was not feeling hot. And then I texted Jacob, and I was like, if it's not too cold and wet, I'll push through and spread my disease. And Jacob was like, yeah, it's, it's still raining, and it's still 28 degrees. And I said... I will watch from the couch today. Yeah, don't 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 blame me in that situation. Not a great choice though for a top five. Great I mean, choice. It, it it was an incredible game. Um, next one, Riley mentioned it during the break. Twenty twenty one Ole Miss. Oh my gosh, yeah, great I didn't ex- game. I didn't experience this as a fan. I was uh, as Auburn Sports Network intern. I was in the in the booth, but talk about talk about being jealous of me. I was jealous of y'all, everyone in the stands, dude. Like for that. And I hate to cut you off real quick, but like, go ahead. If the list was any longer, that might have been one of the next games put on there because, like, 
I experienced a lot of fun home games, but like with the orange face mask debut, the orange out. I mean, it was a little cool, but like the orange LEDs, the the hype around that game with Ole Miss still being a West contender, Matt Corral being a Heisman right. front runner. Dude, nuts. I mean, the second half. <laughs> when he, when I look back on it, I'm like, man, that's like second half sucked. Oh, but the first half, dude, it was awesome. Whew. And the thing is, in the second half, you got Lane Kiffin just mercilessly going for it, just not caring whatsoever, just going for it on every fourth down imaginable. And I'm just sitting here like, I mean, why are they doing this? And just the crowd just kept getting louder and louder. And then the interception towards the end, I think, was it? It was Jalen Simpson. Simpson yeah. Yes, Simpson got the interception to kind of clinch it. I mean, I mean, eight o'clock kickoff, ESPN. Like we were the the prime time game. Yeah, that was that was a cool cool occasion. That whole weekend was just really cool because the next day I went to the World Series with the Braves and it was just like it was a great weekend. It was funny because that led into me. I think I was thinking, man, Braves just won the World Series. Auburn controls its own destiny. Auburn basketball was back. Well, then obviously we saw what happened to Auburn football the rest of the month, but it was still just you were riding a very high high. Exactly. I just that. That game, it was just watching from the press box. I was just like, this is awesome. It was a fun game. This is awesome. Yeah. Halloween weekend. I for, Yeah, dude, I forgot that was Halloween. That oh, was, Halloween weekend, all oh, that was great. Auburn, Auburn and Ole Miss should only play on Halloween weekend. Yeah. I guess L- LSU can sneak in there sometimes. I think Auburn lost Ole Miss on Halloween like a decade ago or over a decade ago. But I, I could know. be wrong. I have I to think, fact check that. I think, are you thinking of the 2011 game? At home? Yeah. Yes. That's what Lutzen Kirk can score like. Three touchdowns that game. Yeah, I we did not. not we that. did not lose to that team. Yeah, that was the end. Of, that was when Ole Miss got really bad. Hmm. And then my last one, it's gonna be the same as you. The, those two games against Kentucky and Alabama in Neville Arena, and we had a lot of fun fun home games this year. I mean, just insane. Yeah, I mean, when I think back to some of the other home games, uh, the LSU game was fun. I mean, LSU, just, Georgia, I mean, Florida, like the twenty-two one lead or nineteen yeah. one. I mean, it was crazy. Georgia was fun. Um, I don't know. I didn't like Florida as much. I, I, Castleton ticked me off in the second. I, I just think like the Hawaiian that was cool. Right. Um, even non-con games, dude. Like Oklahoma, even the early non-con games. Like I think like Yale, Murray State. Yeah, Murray State was good. But anyways, and Murray State to- wasn't even like students. It was a. Uh, it was a bunch for of for general uh, admission. Yeah, 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 yeah. bleacher seats. But what I'll say about the Kentucky and the Alabama games, just I'll start off with Kentucky chronological order, and how like you mentioned. I was, I think I was, I think I was here. It was Friday afternoon, and I went on Harrison Tar Show TNT in the morning. And it was something that you were talking about. I was like, what time should we get in line? Or get in line, or should we camp out or whatever? And I, I, was, I don't know. The amount of times you hear that on Jungle Staff is right. insane. I don't know. Because, you know, we thought, I didn't think there would be that many tents. I thought there would be a few, whatever, yeah. and no one was going to follow the lead. And we heard those rumors. Right. Yeah. But it, everyone followed. As soon as someone lined up, as soon as someone got a tent, Everyone followed and 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 did it up. I'll just cut you off for a half a second. I'm in a leadership class this semester, and my teacher used that as an example of followership. Once one person does something, right. creating a domino effect. But yeah, huge. It was. I mean, that's exactly what it was, and it it was just crazy because we all ran out, and you know, I think people that were having to get in line, obviously, we had the privilege of not having to do that, and it was just kind of talking. Everyone was like, "All right, what's the game plan from here?" And everyone's like, "I don't know," and we we're like, "Well, we don't know either." But he's also that night. That was that was Auburn gymnastics, and it was also freezing outside. It was so literally cold. in thirties. There was so much going on that week. Uh, I think also leading up to it, women's basketball got that win against Tennessee. Yes, it was just it's just an insane weekend, and it was all capped off by that. I think I think that was the war, at the Ospies. The War Eagle moment was that week. Yes. it was that week. It wasn't just like one event, right? Yeah, 
it, it, it was an insane. Yeah, it was all, it was gymnastics against uh, Iowa State the night before, and then the week following was Florida because they set a program record. Right there, you go. Yeah, I I'm I was just amazed at the at everyone that went out there and just it's and suffered through it because that's what it was. And a lot of people sent supplies, and even the team in Pearl were out there. Right, that is true. Yeah, um, but as far as the game goes, I've never heard the arena louder than when. Devin Cambridge laid out. Oh it wasn't even that crazy of a dunk, but it was just we've been down the whole game, and then finally, yeah, boom, breakaway dunk. Cal Party, I think, it was calling timeout for the play was over. Yeah, and the, the slam hoops exploded. video is the only video I can find besides CBS actually expresses the noise. Right. I looked at you and Riley when that was done, and I was like, that was the loudest moment I've ever experienced yeah. here. I think uh, Alex Houston is in here as well, co sports director, and he talks about how. It was just loud the entire time. Think how delirious everyone was. Remember pregame, all the people that everybody's were just, hallucinating. That like, was just everybody stunk. The people dude. were asleep. Yeah. yeah, it was the it was the loudest and stinkiest jungle we had ever experienced. So, <laughs> future jungle leaders, please hand out deodorant as they they come in. But um, that's for that Kentucky game. Moving on to Alabama. I think February first. You talked about it a lot. The whiteout. Uh, I was able to. We were able to honor Fluff on the court with Blake and everything. That was really awesome. But I just got to think about that that last timeout after Katie Johnson hit that three. I think they took two timeouts in a, within a few seconds. But as soon as Katie hit that three, I think everyone kind of looked at each other. The Joseph was like, "Let's go get the brooms." Yeah, we ran in there. I think it was me, Jack, uh, Jenny, Kayla, and Jenny. We all went there, got the brooms, brought them out, and it was just an absolute riot, just absolute ruckus. Credit to Dan Heck. Credit to Ben Brood for. Playing kung fu fighting, yeah, swag the, surf, the lights. I mean, the lights. Yeah, it was just it was basically a three minute party. Yeah, it it was awesome because, like I said, I think they called timeout right at the under four, and then something else happened. They called another timeout, so we just kept it going. It also, was just insane. JD Davidson, a future NBA traffic, apparently uh, scoring zero points that night. R- reportedly, I I heard the same thing as well. Just it's it's interesting. It makes it even better. It's interesting, but I mean that. And here's the thing: that list is not. I guarantee you, like I told you, after this show's done, I'm be like, I left that. Off. I mean, I already thought I of one. I mean, game day was cool both year, both times it came. Oh wow! I mean, having Jay Billis swag surf right yeah, next to us. True. Um, Texas A&M and M in Kentucky 2020. Here's the thing. What I'll say about that 2020 Kentucky that sucked. I hated that. It was a first, first time I thing. I hated that. It was a first time thing. Yeah, I just ugh, the gosh. big picture is in. It was I, miserable. <laughs> the, it was, but I think the big thing and the big picture of all of this was of you and I doing this is just is acknowledging the fact that we were so spoiled and blessed with yeah. great sport. I mean, we definitely went through some lows in some sports. Uh, yeah, like I said, neither of us mentioned a single moment or two here. Yeah, I mean, and especially with COVID, that has a lot to do with yeah. it. But, I mean, we also experienced some some of the highest highs, um, and I am grateful. Yeah, I mean, th- this university has provided so many opportunities and everything about that and just athletics and everything for us and everyone else on this campus just – the time of their lives. Because, I mean, like, like I said, we didn't mention 2020 at all the, that junior year. That LSU game on Halloween weekend was awesome. Oh, 100%. The Kentucky game, I don't know, it just felt bigger than it was because it was like, holy crap, we're playing live sports and we're like here. Like, we're back, yeah. Even if I got to wear a mask. Yeah, and like, social distance. it was awesome. So, I don't know. It's just there's so many moments that I can go back and just talk about. I could talk about each game that I've been to. Probably. I just go through the list and yeah. just talk about each game. And yeah. It would be awesome. But... That's going to do it for our for our favorite moments as a student here at Auburn University. I guess we're going to move into, what are we talking about, future or remnants? 
All right, we'll, we'll, we'll reminisce this next segment, and then we'll talk about the future after that. Here on the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM or streaming at WeGoFM.com. Thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. This is the scoreboard finale on WEGL 91.1 FM, or if you're streaming live on WeGoFM.com. Thank you for joining the last ever edition of the scoreboard. Going to turn the scoreboard off. Officially, towards we're, the end of this episode. Good. This is like when <laughs> Auburn got the Mega Jumbotron and turned off the other one. It's just like, uh, sad. Yeah. But we don't come back bigger and better. Uh, we've we've become alumni and we're That's old. a good point. Uh, <laughs> packed house in the studio today. We got my little brother, Riley Marks, for the first time. Jack Hart, host of Compact Discourse, our good friend. When, when's, that, when's that finale, Jack? Hold on, let me look at the group message. Next Thursday. There you go, May 5th. So you still got some time to catch up on some uh, compact discourse if you'd like. Daniel Locke, co-host of the Eagles Nest, as well as Alex Houston, co-sports director here at Weagle. Uh, Packed House, and all we have a bunch of people listening at home. We've mentioned them earlier. want to thank them and thank everybody who's listened throughout the years. Um, And speaking of listening throughout the years, we're going to take a few minutes here. In the next segment, we're going to reminisce. Um, on our time at Weagle, we got to do this a little bit last year for Weagle's 50th anniversary when uh, we had a couple guests on, like Rick Smith, Jared Dillard. Um, <laughs> we, we got to reminisce a little bit on our time here at Weagle on the scoreboard. J- Jared kind of hijacked the show, but I thought that was it was that was fitting yeah. for bringing him back. Oh yeah, for those last 15 minutes. But also him being the only member in the Weagle Hall of Fame for now. Um, that's He's got a shrine. Fun. Yeah, he's got a shrine in the bullpen. We will soon be there. See, you know what you know what I thought about is we're we're approaching the territory where no one knows who Jared is. That that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> that shows how really old bad. we are. <laughs> um I guess we'll get this started. I mean, we get I'll tell the story real quick about how Jacob and I started the scoreboard. It's, um Yeah. I mean, nothing too crazy. Jacob and I went to different Camp War Eagle sessions, although we are roommates. Um and we both saw then station manager Noah Gardner. I saw Jared as well at the Weagle table in the uh, Haley Center. Um, we both were interested in doing live sports at the time and, um, we both were like, Hey, we want to be a part of this. So being roommates, we knew like, Hey, like here's the Weagle meeting this week. We also went to Eagle Eye meeting. Yeah, we did. Shows you our judgment. Um, <laughs> uh, and we decided to be a part of Weagle and we came to that first sports meeting. Also our original sports director after we quit. Yeah. The sports department was in a very, very dark in place. shambles? To say the least. Yeah. Um, shattered if you will. We walked in, me, Jacob, and a fellow freshman to a sports department with only three other members, discluding Jared. Yeah. Three. Yeah. And Jared comes in the first meeting. Apparently, they had missed a volleyball broadcast, which Auburn University Volleyball missing that broadcast, big no-no. Yeah. Um, so, story being, Jared came into that meeting. We got yelled at. Not us, but, I mean, he also I yelled, mean, he yelled at us, like, we are turning this around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not okay. And and Jacob and I wasted no time that first semester um, getting the show started. I mean, it's funny though. We walked out of a meeting like, oh my God, what do we get ourselves like, into? I was like, should, should, should we walk over to Eagle Eye? Yeah, like honestly. Did we make the bad choice? I was like, oh my goodness. Um, and, I, I mean, mean, but the thing is, it set the tone. It did. It, it really set the tone. I, I also vividly remember us us sitting upstairs. It, it is now Steak and Shake, unfortunately. It's not the to-go Jimmy, or Papa John's. R.I.P. I got some beef with Melton Student Center about that one. But anyways. They, gotta, they, gotta, they need to open something that's going to stick up we, there. Yeah, we were, we were sitting there, and we were trying to think of a generic sports term to call our show. And we were like, you know, like like this. I was like, no, that's not good. It's like, well, what about like this? It's like, no. And I'm like, well, what about the scoreboard? Every sport has a scoreboard. And Jacob was like, you know, like I, I can dig that. And I remember calling my dad and like telling him, like, hey, Dad, like I got my own talk show. Like it's going to be Thursdays at 4, which it was until last semester for one semester. Now it's back at 4. But um. 
And that's that's kind of how the ball got rolling. Noah came in during our first show and was like, y'all sound like really good. We did not. Oh, my God. I, I, I sounded horrible. So, listen, I, I'll be honest. I procrastinated today, and I was planning to have something ready where we had a bunch of highlights, but I just never got to nah. it. And I'm afraid to go back and listen to that first one. I, I, I event, like, every so often we'll do that in there. I haven't done it in a, I have not done it in a long time. It's bad. Like, I honestly do like if it's if it's an option, I might bring in like some sort of USB drive or something and try to get as many of our episodes. We do a box drive. Okay. Well, we'll I'll do, do that. that then. Yeah. Um but yeah, so our first episode wasn't good, but having that encouragement from Noah, that really kind of meant the world to Jacob and I and we kind of got the ball rolling. Um Jacob and I, a lot of freshman and sophomore year really got involved in live sporting events. Him and I called a lot of Auburn University soccer, a lot of Auburn University vol- uh, volleyball games. Local high school sporting events from basketball to softball. We did intramurals. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's a fun partnership we've started. Yeah, I, I really like doing that. Um, Which y'all did the other night for softball. It started. Yes, it started. Uh, I guess right before COVID started, we had the extra point all star game, and we called the intramural games, and it was just it was something that started. And we realized, okay, this is a really good way. Yeah, it's students and students. It's it's perfect. It's student organization, and then every student on campus kind of wants to be a part of that. So yeah, and all uh, that game, of course, COVID made it all yeah. wacky and not fun, but we brought it back this year. Yeah. And like the biggest thing was also like fresh freshman year was really kind of getting the ball rolling again on live sporting events. I mean, Jared had to yeah. come through completely. I mean, new system with OBS. I mean, we had to get new cameras. We started right. doing stuff like that, like, like Mike's on the court. Um, and also that second semester and, and Jack can attest to this because he was on it as well was the first semester of the extra point. With Jared, Carter Burr, <laughs> different personalities. Um, and I bring that up because although that semester really felt like a test run from 7 to 9 a.m., which sucked, um, I mean, it really kind of brought on what fall of 2019 brought with the, with the extra point and, and the friendships it brought and how, I mean, Jack contributed to a lot of the quality of that broadcast with the graphics and the way it was set up. Jared also knew a lot about, obviously, the camera setting those up, getting that within the budget. And I mean, I think that was really kind of my highlight of Weagle within the first two years, was doing our show, obviously, but then also doing that. I think what that did was it kind of just, it really put us out there to, one, make new friends and talk with them on live radio, and it improved our skills as well, just in whatever it was, is how you promote it, how you talk on the radio, how you just interact and do different things with the show. And listen, those are some of the most fun times ever. I mean, we'll, extra point. we'll still go back to these days like, I mean, there's Alex is in here. There's an episode where Jared hits Alex. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and all fun and, and and fun. Our 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 custodian Carl pretends to hit me with a baseball bat after Alabama beats Auburn. Yeah, I mean, there it's. <laughs> I believe that's where Uniform Factor was born. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, Jack wearing the Preds jersey. So I mean, we that's where like a lot of stuff really, really began. And and like Jacob said, we we did the Jared Dillard game, the All Star <laughs> game. I wasn't there. I had COVID. I was patient zero. Um, that, that 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 is. Nothing but confirmed. And I literally came back that next week for one week. Um, it was it was right after Leap Day, and then we did a show one more time because Caleb Jones was sat in here with us oh, yeah. um, for the Helena City News, and then just just COVID. Um, but then we, we had extra some fun po- extra points. Oh, no, we did not. <laughs> we did the extra point over Zoom, and there was no sports going on besides Tom Brady like going to Tampa. But then besides that, we were talking about Nonsense. God knows what. Yes. Nonsense. I went back and listened to some of those, and it was just like, what? My Wi-Fi at home was awful. Yes, it was. There were several. You tried to set, like, a background, and you were I was the through. background. You were the background, yeah. I 
we and then we come back in the fall 2020 and we start it back up a little bit and it, oh my lord it just was not the same um it was not coming back in fall of 2021 we had to have masks on we we'd had masks a little bit earlier this year and at the beginning of the semester but like we like could not take our mask off until we were at our microphone even then like some people i mean rightfully so were still sitting there with their masks on yeah um and we tried our best to get back to reality Auburn sports did not help junior year to do that <laughs> um uh, but but then I mean we had we had a lot of great people on throughout the show too yeah I mean I, I well we had we had Kublik before that Kentucky game we had Cole Kublik uh, Rick Smith who was one of the original Weagle members um, he works here at Auburn now Richard Fitz back freshman year Richard Fitz freshman year um, and we've had several friends come on throughout the year mostly people in this room I was gonna say um, but I mean just looking back on it, I mean oh well, I was gonna mention uh, <laughs> you you mentioned all those names it's like Jared <laughs> yeah. And, and Jared, I wonder if Jared's tuned in. I doubt he is, but he'll 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 listen later on. But yeah. it 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 really was just the whole culmination of everything. And now looking back, it's just like you go from that room of six people, Jared yelling because he had to, he had to set the tone somehow, and then to where we are now. I mean, now the sports department's so large that we have two sports yeah. directors. Yeah, I mean, that, th- thank thank you, Jared, for making that happen, so that Alex and I didn't didn't die and Daniel won't die in the next year. <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing too, selfishly, that I'll point out is like I mean, this gives great experience to those wanting to go into broadcasting. Oh You're goodness. a prime example. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But that's what I originally wanted to do. But even though through COVID I had a career change and a and a change of heart, still coming here Thursdays at four, I mean, that was like one of the highlights of my week. Yeah. Just to, just to sit down, not think about school, think about anything else, just to sit down and just like and, and sitting in the bullpen. That's what I was gonna say. Next. I mean, that I mean, sitting in the bullpen, trips with these people to sporting events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, that's the thing is like it's it, it's more than just working with these people. Like I said, with the extra point, you're building and friendships for life. It's just like this is awesome. I I think I said it in my uh, senior staff spotlight. It was like I don't know where I'd be without Weagle. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what I'd be doing. Sure. I don't know if I'd even be a journalism major, or do what I'm gonna do. Who knows? Yeah, same. I, I just remember, like, like freshman semester, that's what we did, was, like, school and, like, Weagle. Like, that was really – and I'm gl- I'm forever glad that we did that because if it wasn't for that, like, we wouldn't have the friendships that we have. We wouldn't have made the memories we've had. We wouldn't have had a Jared Dillard Memorial game this semester <laughs> against Eagle Eye, which we won, by the way. Go, Weagle. Uh, I mean, that was the easy dub. <laughs> you're saying I was out there dropping KD numbers. Hey, look, I, I was managing that rotation with Alex really well. Yeah. So. Yeah. But we weren't gonna let you all uh, get gassed. Our second, our offense second half was awful. Well, I think what it was, we scored like fifty between Weagle and Eagle. I was like fifty points combined in the first half, and then it was like fifteen in the second <laughs> half. It was not good. We were we were gassed. Yeah. Um, Just, it went for both teams. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Oh, I can't remember. Say something if you have something to say. I, I, I was just gonna say. I mean, the, the the point of us bringing this up is just. I mean, freshman year to now. I mean. Another thing, just like those sporting events we were just mentioning, was something I'll tell my kids about. I mean, friendships that'll last a long time. I mean, one big thing is like me, you, and Jack, who's in here, like we kind of have been through a lot of road trips together. I mean, we've traveled together. We went to the NCAA tournament together. And Jack made the joke the other day, but like, this is probably true. He was like, well, just wait till I have a disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I like, mean, like the, the possibilities are. Limitless. I, I've been yeah. I've been sending y'all all the super regional possible locations. Uh, was it Notre Dame and Stanford? We're up to. Yeah. I mean Notre Dame's very manageable. Yeah. S- Stanford's manageable between three people. 
I can drive 14 hours by myself. You've done it before. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just not. I'm not limiting us to any possibilities. But I mean, anyways. On the other side of the break, Jacob and I will get into our future plans as graduation is soon approaching in nine days. Um, thank you, Weagle. I, I will say our thank yous in the next segment, but I mean, that was kind of the whole point right here was thanking Weagle. But um, do not go anywhere. The final segment ever of the scoreboard on the other side of this PSA break, WGL 91.1. Thank you for tuning into the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back to the scoreboard for the final 15 or so minutes here on WEGL 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks. Well, that's it. Can we go to five? Is there is there a show after us? Uh, there is. I don't know if he. I don't know if he's here, but we'll we'll do five fifty five like we or four fifty five like we usually. We'll do. press it as long as we can. Exactly. I control the music. That that is true. <laughs> that is true. You 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 control the board as you have for the I last four legal. years. So, yeah, we graduate in like what'd you say nine days? Nine days. Yeah, nine days. So with those weird logos outside of the stadium. Yeah, I noticed that too. That that that's for the commencement logo watch. But we will graduate at six forty five p.m. in oh Neville Arena. Gosh. Weird really wish we, I, I don't like that. Time. I'd rather like one or two o'clock, like even though it's gonna be hot. Like give me eight a.m. or yeah, or give me eight, 8 a.m. Yeah, give whatever. me eight a.m. Just get it. Done Go to Sky Bar and our uh, regalia. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much your only option. Yeah, that's your only option. Um, but yeah, well, what are we doing after that? We won't be here. Where will we be? You go first, Bay. Okay, I'll go first. You go first. Um. So I will be graduating with a degree in communication with a uh, minor in business. Um, I have thankfully been accepted to the nation's number one program um, in the Masters of Healthcare Administration program at UAB. Um, so that is where I will be. Um, possibility of getting a dual degree in, with my MBA. I haven't decided that yet. I would have to start that in like May or June, uh, like late May. So I have like a few weeks to find out or figure that out. But um, that's, that's where I'm going to be. Um, I will move back to Birmingham where we are from in Helena. I will live at home um, for the foreseeable future and, and, and commute to school. I mean, it's way cheaper. Don't mind that. But, God, have fun on 65 North oh, <laughs> in the yeah. morning. Yeah, um, <laughs> to say the least. But Hey, I'd recommend Oxmoor if you, if you, hey, if you really when, hate 65. When we'd go to John Carroll games, Poppy and I would cut through South Shades Crest and go, go up there. Um, That's how my dad gets to work. So. Yeah, so I might do that and then get off Lakeshore. But um, for me, that that's my plans, hopefully, to become a – executive or an administrator in the field of healthcare one day. Uh, so as of right now, that those are my plans. Um, so I, I did it, like I said in the last segment or so, I I had full intentions on coming into Weagle and Auburn and doing what Jacob was essentially about to describe what he's doing. But some people have changed their hearts, that's and the that's the point fine. of college. That's, hey, that's the point of college and getting involved and in all you, that. If you don't change your heart or your major, did you really go to college? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't change my major. I tried to. My dad would. <laughs> my, my dad wouldn't let me. But I mean, you, you, listen. That major is very good for a lot of things. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think you did. I think you made the smart choice of just sticking with it and not taking some victory laps here. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that would have been in the cards had you changed majors. Uh, it, I would have been here for if I would have. Okay, if I would have double majored, I would have been here for another year, so May of okay. 2023. But if I would have went ahead and switched my major during COVID, I would have graduated this summer. Wow. I would, because, yeah. It wouldn't have been that much longer. So, but anyways. Point being. Your future plans. I will be graduating with a degree in bachelor's in journalism. Um, I've been entering with the Auburn Sports Network this past year, and luckily was able to be offered a full-time job there. So, it'll be kind of a utility player role. I'll be 
on the broadcast side as well as the client side. So I'm looking forward to that, just staying here in Auburn. And I haven't found a place to live. I need to do that. Shout out, shout out to Jordan. She, she, she's helping me out with the house hunting. Yeah, you, uh, you might need somewhere to live. If you're <laughs> I'll figure here. it out. I got time. I got two months. Auburn's a big city. Exactly. You got I can even venture out to Oblak if I need to. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to staying out here in Auburn. Just, like, working with the Auburn Sports Network and this past year, it's just been a really great experience. Something that uh, a lot of people, we, we will have a chance to. It's an internship through Eagle. So that's the thing. Weagle brings you these awesome opportunities. Uh, other things like Jacob Goins at the Auburn Network, shout him out real quick because he started kind of an internship, but now he's moved into a full-time role and he's looking for interns and he's reached out to us. So what 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 I'll say is just the opportunities you get here at Weagle can lead to huge things. It, it is incredible what I have learned uh, being a part of Weagle as well as trying different things like like being present in the jungle. That's not really my doing marketing and all that kind of stuff. That's not really my forte. But because of my passion with Auburn basketball, I was like, screw it, let's do this. And it was a heck of a year. I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about how things work in athletics and things like that. And that's what you do whenever you join Weagle. You learn about the ins and outs of radio yeah. and things like that. You get to see it like, and I think the biggest thing to your advantage, especially with being in the jungle, is you've gotten to see different aspects of, of things in the world of sports, and that's only going to help you regardless of what career path you go down. I live and breathe it. Yeah. Period. Sport, sports are everything. Um, I'll, I'll also be on the call for softball this weekend. So I did not get that video for you. Um, uh, my class was running late. I, I had to be at my internship. Understandable. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool one. But, yeah, Friday and Sunday I'll be doing that. So Hopefully be calling some W's. Well, yeah. I mean – Hopefully, hopefully this softball team at home. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. They since that South Carolina Texas Am series, they haven't got it done. So this could be the weekend, though. Um, some thank yous that I'd like to give out. Um, kind of going down the list. All the station managers we've had: Noah Gardner, Brent Askew, Breland, Grayson. This year, thank you to all of them, all of the staff members, um, for everything they did. I mean, even Jack, our freshman year, helping us make our imaging and stuff since then, and our graphics. Yep. Um, I mean, all the listeners, our parents, family members, friends. Uh, I remember after some of our first shows, um, we we actually broke the SoundCloud record for Weagle yes, for we for most listens on a on an episode. And it was our very first one, um, and I still got buddies to this day that'll text me like, like, do you really think like a take I said like so and so is gonna happen? Um, so I just want to say thank you to all of them. Um, thank you to the guys in this room, Daniel. Thank you for always calling in. Um, <laughs> Most we, dedicated, most dedicated we, caller, Daniel from Helena. Yeah, he uh, he was always there, ready to talk and listen. Um, we we always appreciated you calling in, Daniel. It, it really meant a lot to us. Um, Alex, we always appreciated being on the extra point and all the experience <laughs> we had with you. Thank you for being our assistant coach a few weeks ago too. You did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, just and thank you to all the other guys and gals we met through Weagle. Um, it's been a pleasure. It would be impossible to thank you. Yeah, it really would. We don't have enough time. I mean, one I will make time for is Jack. Jack, thank you uh, for everything you did for us from our first graphic to all of the road trips, all of the, all of the group chats, everything, all the hot takes, uniform <laughs> factors, you name it. Um, as well as with the jungle as well. As well, yeah, with the jungle. I mean, Jack. Might as well shout him out there. Mac, Jack made incredible graphics for the jungle this year um, as we were transitioning the other day. Uh, that was something that we wanted to point out was he did a lot of good work, so... Um, truly a good friend that we'll we'll definitely be friends with long time after Auburn. So Jack, thank you for everything. Compact Discourse is still live till next Thursday. Yep. Monday through Thursday morning, normal time. Um, and then Jacob, 
try not to lose my breath. I try not to cry. I want to thank you. Uh, me and Jacob came to Auburn together, lived together freshman, jun- sophomore, and junior year, started this show together. Um, coming to college, you figure out a lot of things with your roommates and friends because you're on your own. And Jacob was definitely a pillar in me finding out a lot about college and um, him and I doing this show together. So as I try not to choke up, I want to thank you for everything with Weagle, um, with the jungle, and as a friend. Um, Jacob will definitely be one of my lifetime friends, and I want to say thank you for everything you did. Jacob did a lot for this show behind the scenes, all of the audio, um, making sure graphics are updated, make sure everything's in place. That was all Jacob. I just... I press the buttons. Um, <laughs> J- Jacob puts everything in place for me to press those buttons. An important job. An important job. And I'll echo all the thank yous you you said. And then thank you, May, as just like you said, four, these four years have just been amazing. And part of that being Thursdays at four and Thursdays at two last semester, coming in and doing this show and just having a time just to do an hour where we sit in front of a microphone and talk to each other about sports. And as generic as that feels and whatever it is, everyone does their college radio experience or whatever. It's led to so many opportunities, so many, like, just whatever it is that we've done. It's, I feel like if it's not for Weagle, a lot of it doesn't happen. It's really just grown me and grown so many friendships. And yeah. that, that, that's, that's the big part of for it. For some people, it was just Thursdays at 4, um, like right. you said. But for us, it, it meant a lot more. Um, I'm going to miss this place, but... I know that you're off to bigger and better things as well. Um, And, you know, there's a lot to say. We could keep going on, but that's pretty much all that we have to say. So would you like me to close it out? You you sign it off. For the last time, this has been the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM. It is time to turn off the scoreboard for the last time. Thank you, everybody, throughout the years for listening. So long and War Eagle. This has been The Scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.